Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Rangers Review Evening Briefing, our second video today. It has been a, a quite momentous day as far as Rangers Football Club are concerned uh, with the removal of Giovanni Van Bronckhorst as manager after just over one year in charge. Uh, we thought we'd uh, record another video this evening just to digest today's events. Uh, I'm joined by Johnny McFarlane, and Joshua Barry to talk all things uh, Geo. Uh, and, and we'll start with yourself, Joshua. Johnny, Johnny, you've been off today, haven't you? But um, I say often using the Neil Lennon air quotes. Um, yes, yes. What, I've, been, what... I've been dealing with a 10-month-old child who is uh, difficult, shall we say. She has her father's genes. Um, so um, not the easiest person to deal with at the best of times. And... Uh, you know, trying to do that while keeping on top of what's happening has been pretty difficult, it has to be said. So I've tried my best. Now I've got my wife back on the scene and I'm free to actually do some do some work so we can get our teeth into this. So hopefully Josh can uh, provide us with some insight because I've been up to my eyeballs in nappies and crying babies and all the rest of it. <laughs> Yeah, well, of course, we were on earlier on, Joshua. Uh, we broke the news when we went went live. It just broke. Um, we sort of got yeah. wind just before we went on air. Uh, went on, and of course, a statement from Rangers was delivered whilst we're on air. Um, now, uh, that's just if, if you're just joining us, folks, if you're not aware of the news, uh, Giovanni Van Bronckhorst has been dismissed uh, as Rangers manager. Uh, Rangers released a statement uh, earlier on uh, this morning. Douglas Park, the chairman, uh, commented on it and, and he, he thanked Gio for his uh, 12 months of hard work. Uh, but he said that the recent results neither met the club's or Gio's expectations uh, and it was time for a change. He said everyone at Rangers wishes uh, Gio all the best uh, going forward. Um, we've been working away today, Joshua. Um, lots of bits and pieces on the website, folks. I do urge you to go and check it out, uh, mainly because uh, we've got a fantastic offer on. We've launched today a Black Friday deal, a pound for six months' worth of content. Absolutely sensational offer. Head over to rangersreview.co.uk forward slash subscribe. Joshua, you've had a few hours now to digest the news. Um, what have you made of it all? Yeah, obviously lots happened today, Derek. Um, broke, I think, about um, just after half past nine, um, our own Chris Jack with with the, the news about maybe just after the, the half hour. Um, I was surprised that it was happening today. I think most people were surprised it was happening today and not this time last Monday. Uh, a lot of people have commented on the fact that it was only on Saturday Giovanni Van Bronckhorst did a, a sit-down interview with Sky Sports looking back on his a year, what was a year anniversary at that point in the job uh, as, as Rangers manager. That was filmed um, before uh, the, the game against St Mirren. Van Bronckhorst has obviously been on holiday, as we know, um, like all the players and staff after that game against St Mirren. So that was something that was done prior to that. But I think because of that, most people would have thought that, OK, this signifies that there isn't going to be change in the, the immediate sense. Um, Rangers might uh, wait until... Christmas time, and they might give him a few more games, but um, it certainly looks like this week has instead been spent weighing up options and um, kind of considering the the position that they find themselves in, which is obviously nine points behind and, and not in a very good position on the pitch, which is why they've had to change. And, and Douglas Park, obviously, I think, or maybe it was a club statement that says performances and results haven't been up to, to scratch. But as well as that, it's been the fact that there hasn't been enough, I think, within... Van Bronckhorst football, there hasn't been enough encouraging signs to perhaps give him more time. Um, you know, we've talked a lot about that, Derek, if there is perhaps better trends on the pitch, maybe the numbers suggested that Rangers have been a bit unlucky, then you can justify giving a manager a bit more time and, and trusting in that process. But I just don't think because of a number of factors, that's um, you know where we're at and ultimately why Van Bronckhorst has lost his job. Um, as I understand it, at the moment, the backroom staff, that decision is still to be made on, on some of those um, positions, obviously, Van Bronckhorst, I think, brought in, was it six staff overall, if you think of his fitness coach, analyst, um, McBroy yeah. Mackay, Dave Voss, uh, Kerry Bowley. We know um, that, that Kerry Bowley and, and Dave Voss also have, you know, if you look at Dave Voss's um, reputation before he came to Rangers uh, with his youth coaching at Ajax and, and Kerry Bowley coming from the City group, I, uh, their role is um, perhaps slightly bigger than the first team. So I guess that will come into consideration um, looking at their roles, and um, I guess that news will emerge 
uh, of that uh, this week. But I guess that's that's where we stand, Derek. It's just over a year on from Van Bronckhorst getting the job. He's lost it. Lots of runners and, and riders kind of contrasting names with different styles and experience, um, which I've not spent much time looking at them today because obviously we've just kind of been dealing with the actual news. But um, the only kind of thought I've, I've had on that or opinion I've put out is that I think Rangers need a manager who is going to, you know, has the experience of um, coaching a team who can break down defences, uh, coaching a team who is ball dominant because because you're going to come and inherit this midway through the season if Rangers are to make anything successful of it. Um, yeah, I think they need a manager who's going to be able to adapt quickly to life at Ibrox. Yeah, uh, interesting point has been made. This point by Mad Dog. Uh, how much uh, was it payout to Gio and his team? I've heard everything between three to seven million pounds. Not entirely sure that the concrete figure on that, although I did see uh, the Dutch uh, journalist, uh, very renowned Dutch, uh, Dutch journalist Marcel van der Kran, uh, speaking to the De Telegraph in Holland earlier. Uh, he says uh, Rangers will fulfil all its obligations with regard to the contract of the Dutch coach that will continue until next year. Uh, we'll try and get exact details on that uh, going forward. Uh, Johnny, could... quite, quite a lot, Derek. The standard way of dealing with that in football is to continue paying the person the salary yeah. until they want to get another job. Yeah. Um, the person is effectively put on garden leave, and most people want to get on with their life and want to get on with, a, with, with their managerial career at another club, and you find that they tend to then... Uh, sever that deal and, and move to the, to whatever club is is offering them an opportunity. Of course, that might not happen. You might end up on the payroll. But I don't think many clubs are, are keen to sever and then offer a larger payment. You know, that's often something that can be done because it, it can suit both parties, but um, it will depend on the circumstance. But um, I, I would be very surprised um, if it was to hit anything like that, that 7 million figure. I think that's... Uh, that's yeah. that's, a, that, that's a huge amount. Now we know Gio is contracted for another two and a half years. Um, it was three and a half years, wasn't it, when he signed he signed the deal? Um, so it will be significant, but um, not not in that range. I wouldn't have thought. There's a lot, lot of talk. You mentioned that contract length, Johnny. You surprised in this day and age that a contract of that duration was handed out initially? Um, usually. The, uh, you see the um, rolling one-year deals uh, in the main, but it was quite a quite a substantial contract offer that, that was uh, handed out to Van Bronckhorst at the time. It seems so on paper, but then you don't know if there's a break clause in there. You don't know what the, the fine detail of the, the contract between Van Bronckhorst and Rangers is. It may well not be as watertight as three and a half years and you have to pay up the whole lot. Um, so, I mean, that'll all come out in the wash, but... Listen, when Gio walked in, there was a unanimity, the unanimity almost, you know. I mean, they, they, like, this is Rangers, there's never complete agreement. But at the time when he came in, I thought there was a vast majority of people that felt like this is a guy that Rangers are doing really well to get, you know, a World Cup um, finalist captain, a Champions League winner, a guy with um, a background of having won trophies, both the Dutch League and Dutch Cups who'd been involved with the City group and who's, you know, proven leadership throughout his career. So he ticked a lot of boxes. Um, so yeah, the question now, I think, is, well, what, what went wrong? Where did it fall apart for Van Bronckhorst and what can we learn from that to make sure that the same mistakes are not made? And I think if you start drawing into what Giovanni Van Bronckhorst had done in his career, he kind of proven himself to be a cup manager. You know, the, the predominance of what he achieved in Holland was around cups. I think it was five trophies in total and, and four of them, only one league title in four years. Yeah. And um, I think what Rangers need is someone who's got a track record of obliterating low blocks. Um, that's where we've been since 2018 when Steven Gerrard walked through the door. Now, he made a massive improvement over the term that he was at the club. But this squad of players, they still have this same problem, that they don't look actually that suited, first and foremost, to play in the kind of football that's needed to destroy teams in Scotland. I think when, when Stephen Gerrard Michael Beale arrived, the, the game model was about being tight, be difficult to beat, about hitting on the break, about the high press. Um, and that's why they were successful in Europe. And that continued right the way up to when Gerard left and Van Bronckhorst took over. Um, but I don't see many of these players that are naturals uh, 
in what is, I think, 75% of Rangers games going up against teams who aren't very ambitious, who look to sit in deep, who look to be organised, who look to push Rangers down the channels and look to isolate their front man. I don't think Rangers have got a lot of players that rack up the numbers. Now, I think there's been a bit of bad luck. Tom Lawrence is one of those kind of guys. That was a good bit of scouting, uh, a creative bit of scouting, a creative bit of um, outside-the-box thinking to go and get him because he's a guy that's got a ping from long range. He's got a, a history of scoring goals, a history of creating goals, and an ability to play across the front three, an ability to play as a number eight if required, uh, and was looking good but then got injured. So... That was one that's been that's gone against Giovanni van Bronckhorst, but the, there wasn't enough in terms of the rest of the the players that were signed to to bring in and, and, and make a difference in these crucial areas. And that's further exacerbated for me by what's going on across the city. You've got a manager across there, and Ange Postecoglou, whose entire raison d'être is about tearing teams apart like a roast chicken. And, and you know that while Rangers have the quality in that uh, squad to stop Celtic, and we saw that in the semi-final, um, you, you have no faith whatsoever that Celtic will drop points against anyone but Rangers in this league. And, and let's be honest, the way Celtic have played against Rangers, you have to say they're a better side um, over the last four or five games. Yeah. But more specifically than that, Derek, more specifically, they just do not look like they're ever going to drop points against an Aberdeen, against a Dundee United, against a Ross County. It just... It doesn't look like it's going to happen. And and Rangers need to be able to match that with an intensity, with a style that stands out and that that, that, that gives you the best opportunity to, to overcome these type of sites. And that's why I keep saying, and that's why I've got another piece that's going out in the website later on today, Giovanni Van Bronckhorst is a good manager. He's got talent. He showed that. You wouldn't get a Scottish team to a Europa League final getting past the likes of Dortmund and Leipzig unless you've got something about you. But it's a marriage that didn't work out because Gio's philosophy just ain't suited to the bread and butter Scottish football domestic scene. It's as simple as that. Um, he hasn't been helped by factors. You know, maybe the transfer business wasn't as focused as it should have been. I think there's a lot of good players in there, but maybe it wasn't as focused as it shouldn't have been. Maybe that the money should have been, well, I think definitely the money should have been um, distributed more towards central midfield. Injuries have been horrendous, and a lot of them have come on the back of um, impact injuries as opposed to muscle complaints. And you know, this is a, a problem across Europe because of the, the condensed calendar with the World Cup. He's been a bit unlucky with regards to that. But I think the next guy that comes in at Rangers has to be someone that you can point to a track record of league success over and over again. Uh, now, those are going to be difficult to come by. Um, those are guys that, that are, are you might have to be creative with. Now, for example, a Michael Beale, who I think ticks a lot of Rangers boxes, his success would come from playing under Steven Gerrard, uh, sorry, coaching under Steven Gerrard in the 55 season. But again, I think that would be a big gamble for Michael Beale, as much as he does tick a lot of the boxes. Um, is there someone out there that has got success of chalking up title after title after title in a league that's similar to Scotland, where there's a big fish that has to play in a certain way to to disrupt the block. That, that's what Rangers need primarily. That's the number one thing they need, a coach that has ability to break down uh, these kind of defences. Yeah, interesting. Uh, points coming down here. David Brenner likes your roast chicken analogy. He says, uh, a roast chicken, <laughs> lol. <laughs> I did enjoy that myself, I have to say. Um, and uh, a point here uh, from Jamie Brown, a good friend of the show. Hi, Jamie. Uh, we need an all-out attacking approach with high levels of fitness. As Johnny says, the squad needs an overhaul. And we need goal scorers. What do you make of that, Joshua? Whoever comes in, whoever deals replacement is, and I'm hoping it's not an interim option. Uh, Rangers need someone in here for the long haul. And they need someone with fresh ideas, uh, and is able to overhaul an ageing squad because uh, major surgery is required. Yeah, um, I, I think what ultimately undid Van Bronckhorst was, because 
the, the, the football domestically hasn't been free-flowing for really his whole year. I think apart from that um, kind of month-long um, run when he first came into the club, it was very good. I think it was a, a perfect record in his first nine games before the winter break, aside from the 1-1 draw away in Lyon. I could be wrong with that, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that's right. What, what, what's undone him, I think, in the last number of weeks has been that the performances... Um, while they always haven't, haven't always been there, now the results uh, caught up with them eventually. And I've, I've got a piece on the website which you can um, read alongside a number of other pieces, as you say, with that uh, great Black uh, Black Friday deal, Derek, um, which kind of highlights some of the numbers um, below Van Bronco's dismissal. What were they creating in front of goal? Why they had they've averaged the most shots per ninety in the league this season? But if you look a little bit deeper at that, the quality of shot, the distance of shot, um, it's nowhere near as good. So. The quantity over quality argument obviously kind of stands up there. Looking at some individual performers, the goalkeeping position, um, Antonio Cholak's goals drying up. There's a good example for me as a game. You remember the 2-1 Dundee United game at home, which I think was I think it was before the September international break, and it was a terrible game. And, and Rangers they weren't holding on at the end, but Dundee United had a few corners, and you've kind of seen that movie before. Rangers were so fragile despite facing the Dundee United team that were so fragile themselves. In that moment, Antonio Cholak, if you remember his two goals on that day, they weren't high value chances. I think their expected goals was 0.13 each. But when he was in that vein of form, he was kind of able to get them through games like that. When that dried up, when he wasn't able to do that every single game, which I don't think any forward and some forwards in world football will be able to do that, but they won't be playing in Scotland. Livingston at home is a good example. When those goals started to dry up, I think the chance creation, because it wasn't as high, Rangers struggled to to score and, and, and generate the chances required to break down teams. The St. Johnson game is a perfect example. where Rangers had 29 shots and that's kind of the top line. But again, you look below that and there's just not much there. So, um, yeah, absolutely. I agree with Johnny that they, they need someone who has a track record of winning football uh, domestically. I don't think that comes in one form. I don't think they need to necessarily only have one style of play, um, although you are going to have to break down defences constantly in Scotland. Um, but the, the issue for, for, for Van Bronckhorst, sorry, I've spoken too much today, Derek, to go back to, to the main point, I think, was that the performances, there wasn't that solidity um, when the, the, the performances offensively dried up. And that's why you go and drop points against St. Johnston, uh, Livingston and St. Mirren as well. Yeah. Lots of comments come in, uh, Johnny, and, and a lot of people saying that the Van Bronckhorst has taken the... Uh, taking the blame and often when things don't go well at football clubs it's a manager that carries a can of course um, does Ross Wilson is, is the jury out on his performance uh, under Van Bronckhorst as well a lot of comments come in saying that they're not happy with the director of football uh, at the moment are you confident he can appoint the right man after uh, today's news that Giovanni Van Bronckhorst is away well, I think Ross Wilson personally deserves the chance to appoint another manager. He's only appointed one. Remember, he came into the scene at Rangers when Stephen Gerrard was in charge. I don't think Giovanni van Bronckhorst has been a total failure. Um, he won the Scottish Cup for the first time in over a decade. He took Rangers to a Europa League final. In the league, it's not worked. There's no doubt about that. And that's the overall picture at Rangers. It's just fundamental. You need to win the league. But He's not been a disaster like a Pedro Cushina or a, or a Paul Le Guin. Um, it hasn't worked out, and it, now is the right time to let him go. But I don't think it's one of those ones where you have to say, right, we need to rip this up and start again, and Ross Wilson needs to go alongside him. The whole point of a sporting director in the modern era is to have a level of continuity, continuity between club and the manager. And if, if Rangers are going to go and get rid of the sporting director at the same time as the manager then that's a, a hell of an omission of dysfunction at the club. And you've got to remember, Ross Wilson's job is about more than just bringing in signings or, or, or bringing in managers. You know, he's, he has got a vast remit that covers the whole, of the, the whole of the football department. So it's about the youth set-up. Uh, it's about scouting, of course. It's about standards at the training ground. It's about the women's side. It's about um, every aspect um, and I think he's done a good job in some elements of that. And the one thing about recruitment that people keep on coming back to, they look at the 26 players that have come in. Uh, and I don't think um, there's been enough of a hit rate on that. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I think a number of signings have failed. 
Um, and there's been too many signings that have been kind of um, stabs in the dark or, or kind of development signings that you hope work out, but but ne- don't necessarily work out. Um, you would have preferred to see that money pulled up and, and used towards someone that could have come in and been a difference maker. That, that's, that, that's for certain. Um, but you also have to remember that Rangers recruitment team has completely changed, completely changed in the summer. Uh, we've had uh, the, Andy Schoolding has gone down to Spurs. And um, there's a number of a number of others in that department that have, that have the part. John Parks obviously now yeah. leading that up, and uh, significant changes going on there. So we'll see whether or not that makes a difference. It, it certainly should. Uh, I think the club are, 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 are have been impressed uh, with what John Park can bring to the table. We know that um, he was the, the 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 man that brought Virgil Van Dijk to Scottish football, so he's got a, a record of of success with the other half of the old firm. And um, we'll see whether or not he can deliver. He needs to, because Ross Wilson, I don't think, is going to get a lot more time because the fans are upset. Uh, and, and, and you know, he's got to get this next appointment right and he's got to get the next transfer windows right or he's going to come under intense pressure. Um, but and I'm aware that this isn't a popular decision, uh, a popular opinion, that's what, what I'm saying here. But I believe that there's a... There's a real advantage to having a director of football model, and there's a real um, element of structural superiority it gives you to clubs that don't have that in place. And you just have to go with it and give people an opportunity over a longer time period because it's a different role to a manager, and it's it's far more all-encompassing. And whoever's doing that role um, has a number of of things that they have to do. I mean, Ross Wilson is not going out and scouting players himself. You know, there's a scouting department that does that, and that's one yeah. element of his role. That's that's a vast role. Um, but do, is Ross Wilson under pressure? Of course. Of course. He's had a manager that they have had to sack in November and he appointed that manager. So that's not a good place to be in, is it? Uh, and he will come under serious scrutiny over this next appointment um, should he remain at the club. Yeah. For the uh, long term. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He has to get it right. Uh, there's no doubt about it. Uh, that's an interesting point here, Joshua, from uh, King Rec. He said, uh, Gio had same uh, same trophy list in one year as Gerard had in four. Uh, we need a manager that can do it in the league. Gerard, domination of Celtic, kept us on his side. That, that was one thing, I think, it's a fair comment. Rangers are in a, a different uh, position than what they were when Stephen Gerrard took over. Uh, it was pretty much a... a, a a start from scratch job when Gerard took over. I think Rangers were in the doldrums uh, and he took them on to another level. Uh, Van Bronckhorst, I think European wise, certainly took them on to another level, a stratosphere that we could only dream of. Um, he did win that Scottish Cup. Do you think he has a fair point here that it may have, it should have been afforded more time like Gerard was? Um, listen, obviously, in 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 time, Van Bronckhorst will, I think, predominantly be remembered not so much for the Scottish Cup, although that was an achievement in the you know context of the last few years. But those nights at Ibrox, the the run in Europe, and as we said this morning, Derek, the fact that he got Rangers as far as they could have, he got them to penalty kicks, and if that penalty goes in, um, or those couple of penalties go the other way, it's obviously you know a completely different discussion. Almost none of this matters because Rangers would have made one of their biggest achievements in their entire history. Yeah. Um, but but it didn't. And, and that's how football works, isn't it? Um, and you know, s- since then, I think ever since that old firm defeat, that 4-0 old firm defeat, there's felt like there's been a bit of a malaise um, because the belief hasn't felt there that Rangers can necessarily go and win the league. And then if you, you, you add Europe on top of that, Van Bronckhorst and the rhetoric of Rangers not being able to compete, I think the frustration over signings, all that kind of happened around the same time. And it's felt ever since that no one's kind of ever really been able to re- recover from that point. Um, I, I was on a podcast the other day and I can't remember the quote off, exactly off the top of my head. I think it was uh, the Bayer Leverkusen director in a, an athletic feature. And it was something along the lines of, in football, you can plan five years ahead if you win the next game. And I think that is a good descriptor of the situation as well at the moment. Um, Rangers have been in a terrible run of form. There's been nothing really to suggest that they would get out of it. It feels very much like last 
season at points when it seemed like the wheels were coming off domestically. Think of the game that immediately preceded Van Bronckhorst coming into the club, that 3-1 defeat against Hibs when Hibs were 3-0 up, I think, uh, before Rangers got a goal back. Um, and that just felt like a total culmination of all the issues that Rangers had experienced last season. Um, and I don't think anyone would disagree with the notion that Rangers should have refreshed their squad more this summer, regardless of um, money, should more money have been spent, could more money have been spent, as Johnny said, should it have been spent in different areas? Um, you know, should there have been more of, of a refresh and certain players who were at the end of the contract allowed to move on and, and new players brought in? So, yeah, Van Bronckhorst will, I think, definitely be remembered, of course, for that European run. Uh, but at the moment, people are thinking about this season and if they can't see that this season is going to be successful, I think that's why there was um, so much pressure and, and why we're obviously having this chat today. Yeah, interestingly, I heard that, I mean, earlier on, I heard that Van Bronckhorst called it the Rangers office staff and, and workers to thank them for all their work over the last year, which shows you the, the calibre of the man. And Johnny, I think he, he represented the club tremendously well, I, I felt. Um, he's a right good ambassador for Rangers. He spoke about his, his love of the club often. Uh, he was a pleasure to deal with in press conferences. Uh, you've encountered him at times as well. Um, I think everyone would wish him well going forward. Uh, just at the end of the day, football is a results-driven business. And unfortunately, uh, a decision had to be made, um, but I think no one can deny uh, they have a lot of love for Van Bronckhorst, not only from his time uh, as a player, but certainly his time as a manager. He held himself uh, with, with uh, real high regard, didn't he? Absolutely. He was a ple pleasure to deal with. He would answer any question and he would answer it courteously. Yeah. Um, if you answer, if you asked a slightly daft question, he would uh, <laughs> he wouldn't um, have a go at you and, and and kind of pull it apart like some managers do, looking to belittle yes. um, people who are asking the questions. Um, this is a sort of a, a a problem with the job at times. You know, if you're not absolutely certain about the way you're asking the questions, sometimes you can get picked apart. Um, but but Giovanni <laughs> van Bronckhorst was always a class act in press conferences. Uh, always a, a clearly a nice man. I, the questions he was asked. You know, he really, really got put under pressure in press conferences. I mean, particularly, I would give him a wee shout out. Um, Stevie Clifford, who friend of the show, um, is in the press conferences. The four lads had a dream blogger who was on earlier. Obviously, um, you know, really, really grilled him at times. And Giovanni van Bronckhorst absolutely stood up to that, and stood up to the intensity of that, and 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 um, and handled himself with class and dignity that's befitting. The office of Rangers manager, so um, yeah. you just have to wish him all the best because anyone who actually had person-to-person -person dealings with him would tell you, I mean, he's a cracking guy um, who who doesn't run away from um, from from tough questions and has always yeah. been, uh, I think, pretty pretty open and, and and fair in his dealings with us with us when we've 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 had the the chance to talk to him. Yeah, I found him spot on. What about you, Joshua? The times you've spoken to him, I've always felt he's pretty open. As Johnny says, he's uh, he'll answer any question. He is uh, media savvy. He's been in the game long enough. He knows how to answer the, the, the difficult questions. Um, but unlike uh, maybe his predecessor or other uh, Rangers managers, he didn't feel that uh, uh, perhaps that aura. Maybe that went against him with some supporters with regards to the time that he was afforded to get things right at Ibrooks. Um, maybe too nice as some of the comments that are coming in, but how did, how did you find them when, when you were uh, quizzing them? Totally agree with Johnny. I think um, you, you get a, a feel for how kind of people are when they're under pressure and in intense moments so they've suffered heavy defeats. And I think Van Bronckhorst never, he was never someone that, that spoke down to people um, or was condescending. He didn't snap back at people. I think he was always really respectful. And all, it might sound a bit silly kind of, you know, reeling that off because that's, I think, character traits that most people would hope they are but I think in the intensity of a manager's position like the Rangers manager's job um, in comparison to maybe some other managers and the way they deal with with journalists um, I think he was he was very respectful and obviously there's, there's the human element to someone losing their job in spite of the fact that Van Bronckhorst is you know will have earned a lot in his playing and managing days he'll have come to Rangers because he wanted to be a success and, and take a next step in his in his management career but you know it's obviously not worked out as he would have hoped or um, as the club would have hoped to, um, or any of the supporters. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. Obviously, wish him um, all the best, but I, I also think it was the right decision because, as I think everyone is kind of agreeing, um, all us three uh, on the video today and others, I don't think there was necessarily future success in Van Bronckhorst football domestically. 
Uh, and as a result, the intervening period, unless something was going to change, was only going to be an interlude until someone else came in because of the nature um, of results and the way they've trended in, uh, in, in recent months. Yeah. yeah. Well, every single one of us here uh, is on record as saying we felt that Giovanni van Bronckhorst time's up. Um, different yeah. times, obviously. I felt that um, after the uh, the uh, uh, the um, St. Johnson game, that 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 was it. Uh, I still felt at, at Livingston, you couldn't um, move to sack him at that point. I thought you had to give him the opportunity. For me, it's very important that Rangers have only had 17, well, very soon to be 18 managers in 150 years. I think that's something to be proud of that sets Rangers apart as a club from others. And... That 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 element of the club needs to be cherished. Now, I don't think for a minute in the next 150 years it's going to be the same uh, level that you're going to have so few managers. But it, it does add a, a level of. Um, well, it makes it the manager's position something special, doesn't it? That so few people have been able to walk in those shoes, and uh, yeah, that's something I think the club um, are 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 right not to just be trigger happy when it comes to Rangers managers. They've had to be in the past, Pedro Casino and. Uh, and Paul Aguin, I think those decisions yeah. were absolutely right. But uh, if you can give a Rangers manager time, then I, I think you should. That's um, that's the way the club has historically been running, and I think that's the right time and the right the right way to do it. But I think this time, should I say, sorry, um, it was the right decision by the board. The board had given him a, a lot of leeway. I think I think a lot of supporters felt like he should have been given the bullet earlier um, to use a sort of a <laughs> slightly um, less than charitable parlance yeah. there, but, but ultimately they, they waited, and I think they were correct to wait. And now is the right time to to, to actually make that decision. The, the next manager, if they can get them in quickly, will have effectively a mini preseason, which I think is, is huge. Yeah. yeah, and that that sets us out as slightly different from uh, from other mid season changes of managers in Rangers history. But but one thing I would say. Just having a wee think about uh, these changes in recent years, you know, Geo coming in mid-season worked. It absolutely did work. Didn't work domestically ultimately, but it, it, it worked in terms of the Europa League. And I don't think many people would have would have swapped that ultimately, um, given the experiences that that, that that was that was had on the journey, especially with winning the Scottish Cup and beating Celtic in the semi-final. Um, but if you look back to Mark Warburton um, dismissed, I thought very unlucky to be dismissed when he was. Um, Pedro came in that season, didn't he? And almost by the time you reached the summer, Pedro was a busted flush almost because um, he'd performed so poorly with that failing squad that the pressure was really on for him to go out and get players and and, and kind of, uh, it never really got started, did it? And the same thing kind of kind of happens as well um, when, when Pedro left and, and Graham Murty took it on and you're saying to yourself, um, uh, this is just an impossible situation to come in halfway through the season. It's very, very rare that that works out. So whoever it is has to be a special character, special candidate, that's for sure. I don't know if you guys have any names. I know there's a lot of names that are that are oh, doing oh, the rounds. Yep. Some yep. of them more impressive than others. Yeah, we're going to lead on to that, uh, John. I was going to ask you, though, in terms you mentioned there the timing and, and the decision. Um, was it a surprise to you today that it took... I mean, that's as into a week. Were you surprised it wasn't done early, just after the Simmering game? Yeah, yeah, I was. Um, I get that it wouldn't necessarily be done right after the Simmering game. I think it's a big decision, as I say, 17 managers in the history of the club. Um, so uh, you would expect it to take a couple of days, especially if you're talking about uh, a financial settlement, et cetera, et cetera, or, a, or clearing up the contract situation as to what's going to happen. Um, so when it didn't happen... Uh, I, I felt like that it was liable that Gio would be given time to to bring some of these players back from injury and and, and get stuck in again. I, I felt like that was the wrong decision, but it seemed to me obvious that that's what was going to happen. So yeah, I was I was like everyone else, very surprised this morning. I was perhaps even more surprised um, than the, the people because I really felt that that he wasn't uh, going to be removed at, at this stage. So yeah, uh, it's certainly been an interesting day. Certainly has. Right. Let's talk about potential replacements because there's been a host of names uh, being mentioned throughout the course of the day. I agree with Malcolm McLennan, who incidentally says, get Bomber Brown in. Couldn't agree more. That'll get them in, <laughs> that'll get them into shape. Uh, I, don't, I don't know what Mark Fuller 
Fullerton's been on today, but he says uh, Arsene Wenger would make a great Rangers manager. That's more a, like it. Yeah, there was a boy earlier on uh, this morning. Uh, sorry, I forgot your name, um, but uh, he said he, he said Mikel Arteta, bring him home. That's what that's what I say. Uh, Jimmy Warnock says uh, Duncan Ferguson, Bielsa, or Beal. I've got I to mean, say, uh, Johnny, and I know you've commented on it as well. I would absolutely love Marcello Bielsa to come up to Ibrox. The foot, look, look at jo, uh, Joshua shaking his head. Incredible. It would be well. incredible. I don't know how well it would work, but it would be great fun. Just watching, I mean, it'll be, I know we've talked about the turgid football and the, the horseshoe and what have you. This would be rock and roll, would it not, Johnny? Oh, yeah, it'd be <laughs> incredible. It would be bonkers, but incredible. I mean, the one thing you would be sure of with Bielsa would be that there would never, ever be any questions about fitness ever again. That's for no. sure. The, yeah. the realism, though, about Bielsa, and it's important to be said, we can romanticise it and imagine it, and we've got a wee window where we can do that. But let's be realistic. I think Bielsa was on £7 million a year at Leeds. And listen, he's a guy that, that is in high demand and deserves that kind of salary because of what he's achieved in football and what he's done in, in past clubs. Um, now, a caveat that by, by saying that I don't think uh, money is Marcello Bielsa's... Um, main motivator, I think 67 he is now. But, you know, let's be realistic. I don't think he's going to see Rangers as his next um, his next post. And even if he did, uh, you know, well, it may not be the case that Rangers would see him as the ideal guy to come in. Um, but if you're talking about dream scenarios based on who's out of work at the moment, I mean, Bielsa's got to top most people's list, doesn't he? Listen, I don't think many people in Leeds would have thought they would come to their club, and I know for a fact they were all uh, amazed when he, when he pitched up at Ellen Roads. But um, he really he's, he's a legend down there now, not just for the football, but he's quite a character as well. Uh, he used to always walk to training and, and meet people in supermarkets and what have you. He's just what a character. Uh, and Joshua, we, we touched on it earlier before. Um, for guys like you that that. that the tactics guys, the guys that want to know the, the forensic detail around football, Bielsa really is the epitome, isn't he? Yeah, but in, and interestingly, he's one of these managers who's not got this reputation because he's won hundreds of things. He's got the reputation because of the way he's obviously been a bit of a trailblazer with uh, some trends within football. But I think the only league title he's won, I'd, I can't remember if he won the championship with Leeds or went up a second. Um Someone can can let me know in the comments. But I, I think certainly before that, the only league title he'd won was the kind of 16-game Argentinian or 18-game yeah. Argentinian top flight. So if we're talking about someone who's got a you know a track record of winning league titles, and I don't know if he's um, the person... In, in realistic terms, it's such an important um, managerial appointment to get right because you look, this is going to be a manager who does... Um, help rebuild the the, the squad. Um, obviously, we've spoken a lot about the transfer dealings and the way that's done in the club. Um, certainly, he's not going to be the solely responsible for signing players, but he's going to be responsible as the one who takes that squad into pre-season next season and, and has another go at having a successful season, which from this point will be difficult. They're going to inherit a difficult situation, although, as we saw with Van Bronckhorst this time last year, we were having the exact same conversation and he had such a good run up until Christmas. So, I, I don't know. Again, I'm looking forward to looking a little bit more about the kind of names tomorrow and having a bit of bit more of a look into some of the names linked as opposed to just kind of what my preconceptions are of said managers. But um, yeah, to go back to something we said at the start, I think you need a manager who knows what it's like to, to uh, manage a side who are ball dominant, who can break down defences, who can play exciting and uh, football um, and make it effective. That, that has to be the, the main aim. But yeah. certainly when you're going up against the defences that the Rangers are week in, week out, if you bring in a manager that has to, to learn how to coach that way or adapt to that, I don't know if that's the best decision, uh, given the point in the season he's going to take over, as Johnny obviously alludes to with uh, previous examples. Yeah, I love this comment from Ryan Stewart. He says, uh, imagine Morelos doing murder ball training. <laughs> He's renowned for that, that the murder ball. Not only that, I mean, there's other teams that Bolton are cover. Uh, uh, as well, that they actually adopt that. And when you, we spoke to the players down there about it, they said it's absolutely horrendous. But uh, yeah, Bielsa famous for adopting the uh, the old fame uh, murder ball uh, in training. Um, so yeah. <laughs> People it's are going to come into shape, Eric, and think that we are pitching Bielsa for the Rangers job, which we're not. So uh, yeah. I'm already seeing comments. <laughs> 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 Listen, it, 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 I think he's, he's one of a number of names that have been mentioned today. Uh, some others uh, include the likes of Sean Dyche. I think it's a, an easy suggestion given he's out of work at the moment. 
uh, and he, he was talking about, I think he's been doing the rounds in terms of the uh, media organisations. He ideally wants a job back in the Premier League. Uh, however, I'm sure it would be open to a discussion uh, at Rangers. Uh, and similarly, Ralph Hassenhutl, Johnny, is a name that, that won't go away. He's worked with Ross Wilson before at Southampton. Um, and he's obviously been sacked recently uh, from his job uh, at Southampton as well. He's one that, that's uh, doing the rounds. The Bodo Glint manager is an interesting one because that, that's been around about for some time now. Do you know much about Knutson and would you be opposed to him coming in? For me, I'm a bit surprised why he's not left them before uh, and I would be surprised if he would take the Rangers job. That's not to say he might not take it, but uh, would he be a name that you'd be interested in uh, in possibly exploring? I mean, what I would say about Knutson is fundamentally... We watched, I watched the two games against Celtic and they were outstanding for a team. I think their budget is something like half of what Aberdeen's budget is. So it, he's done a remarkable work up there in the Arctic Circle, not a place where it's easy to attract players. Uh, you better believe it. And he, since 2018, when he took over, he's, he, he's, he's done remarkable work. But, you know, two titles in Norway. Um, his coaching career outside of Bodo Glimt um, is teams that you've, you've never heard of unless you're a football manager um, expert. I mean, even then, uh, Hovdling, <laughs> Asan. I mean, you know, teams, yeah. I think, in lower levels of uh, Norwegian football. Yeah. So so it's a big ask for him to go from, from Bodo Glimt, um, aged 54, Capacity of their ground, 8,300 in the Arctic Circle to fiery 50,000 at Ibrox week in, week out. And listen, I talked about earlier on about the marriage between Giovanni van Bronckhorst and Rangers being a failure of philosophy. It can work the other way. It can be a marriage between the, the perfect philosophy and Rangers and not work because of the personality. And, and, and I would have... Serious reservations about um, about that aspect of going out and getting a guy like uh, Nutson, who, who who obviously you admire the work that he's done at that club, but it's just such a, a huge jump to a team that's got a ground that's smaller than St Johnston's to to Glasgow Rangers Football Club, and. Mm -hmm. There's a lot about managing this institution that's about personality. That's about being an alpha male. That's about leading a group of really, really passionate supporters and taking on all comers, creating a, a sense of everyone's in it together against everyone else. You know, that 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 sense that you get in Scottish football um, that you need because there'll be times when you need to harness that and and is that element that Steven Gerrard, to be fair to him, got so brilliantly right in his tenure? Is that going to be something that's going to be provided by a guy that's coming from a club with 8,300 seats in the stadium? It might be, but that is one hell of a jump, Derek. Yeah. That's unknown for me, and, and that's something that would worry me. I, I, you, you talked about Sean Dyche. I think Sean Dyche would get that element of Rangers. We'd have to have serious reservations about Sean Dyche as the style of football. You yeah. know, it, it, where's the where's the evidence that Sean Dyche can create teams that are on the attack, that are bulldozing in other teams, that are breaking them down? I, I think he's a good coach and he's done brilliant stuff at Burnley over his time there. Okay, it ended in relegation, but uh, over the course of his time there, it was outstanding. He took them from from pretty much a kind of yo-yo club between League One and the Championship. Established them there right up uh, into the Premier League, and they, they were forced to be reckoned with under under Dyche. But Rangers is another thing entirely. I don't see a lot of evidence in the Dyche CV that, that would make me really excited about him turning up at Rangers. Now, as a, he's an intelligent football man, and it may well be that he could absolutely bring those things to the table. I, I just don't think there's a lot of evidence there, there to suggest that he could. 
I don't know. You may have a completely different take on that. Yeah, listen, uh, the Dice one's an interesting one. I, I, I certainly have that that sort of British appeal that a lot of supporters want. A British manager that knows knows the game. Um, Scottish football is unlike anywhere else in the world. I think other names that are suggested today: uh, Sinisa Mihailovic. I've seen uh, fancies the job uh, that. Uh, former uh, Serbian uh, centre back, what a player he was in his day. He was formerly in charge of Bologna. Other names, I mean, um, Gordon Petrich, who I'm speaking to tomorrow, uh, he's doing really well at Partizan Belgrade. Um, so he's obviously an ex Ranger. Um, I think he's doing a, a really decent job out there at the moment. Um, he's he's uh, uh, a, a decent track record. But are there any other names, Joshua, that, that you've seen today? You're thinking oh, they, that they're, they would fit the mould as a sort of person you would like to see take over? Well, I agree with Johnny on Dyche. Um, I don't think it's to say that someone like him couldn't be successful, but if you're looking at the evidence that he can um, coach the type of situation and, and manage the type of games that the Rangers would be uh, involved in, obviously, week in, week out, um, I'd, I'd be surprised if he was, he was the option, uh, given the style of play at Burnley. And again, as we discussed this morning, I think, Derek, that's not to say that I think he's pigeonholed as a manager. He obviously done a, a fantastic job with not only the the resources he had at Burnley, but the consistency with which he he, he did. I can't remember how many seasons off the top of my head he was there, but um, it's, it's it's difficult to to be in the Premier League on that uh, those type of resources and survive. Um, but is he the best choice for for Rangers at the moment? Um, I don't know. Obviously, the, the other big name mentioned is is Beal. Um, Beal, you know what you're getting with him to a degree, but also maybe not because although he had huge responsibility under Gerard, he wasn't the manager. Um, his decision wasn't final. And although uh, the training, we know how much he, he took of that because Gerard himself said that on numerous occasions, he, he was not the man that was ultimately responsible. Um, we don't know exactly how that would play out. That There might be some differences. I'd be interested to know, for example, how much... Um, of, of I've not watched too much of Beal at QPR, but how much of the style of play that Gerard then took to Villa, um, the, the fact that he stayed with that, was that down showing that, that Gerard was maybe the one who didn't want to change things up as much? Uh, or, or, or was Beal the one that wanted to keep it the same? So I guess it would be a little bit of um, a, a blast from the past because he was here so recently. And then again, we touched on it this morning. Um, it didn't go great towards the end of the Gerard and Beal era. There were certainly some difficulties towards the, the start of last season. Beal, when he was speaking on the, I think it was a BT Sport podcast, recently said that he thought Rangers were coming out of that and they would have definitely won the league. Obviously, he probably is going to say that. Um, so I guess he's the other big name. It's a really difficult decision. And, and sitting here just now, I, I don't really have a a favourite because, as I say, I've not uh, read too much about it, but over over the week, I think we've got a piece tomorrow which is outlining some of these names from, from Caskey, Patrick Caskey, obviously our scouting writer, and amongst lots of other content. This yeah, and the, there's, some, there's some he's mentioned that nobody's, uh, I've never heard of them, and nobody's in the comments has mentioned them as well, which shows you his, his extensive knowledge in the game. And this is one, another name that I've seen linked, Johnny uh, Gerardo uh, uh, Sioni, or I'm not too sure how you pronounce that. He was previously in charge of Bayer Leverkusen, uh, apparently got a decent track record uh, winning uh, uh, cups uh, in, uh, back in his native Switzerland. Um, can't say I, too, I know too much about him, to be honest. Well, uh, other names that have been mentioned. interesting, um, Derek, yeah, um, because this is a guy who was in charge of uh, Young Boys of Bern. Uh, and, uh, you know, he was the manager when Rangers faced them under Steven Gerrard yeah. in the Europa League. Yeah, they were quite an enjoyable side to watch. Um, they had two terrific strikers. Um, I can't remember their names off the top of my head. I think Jean Pierre and Sammy was one of them. Uh, the other guy was another kind of um, very, very good finisher, uh, nippy player, but I can't, I can't remember his name actually. He's not there anymore, but um, they looked pretty good over that over that period that we saw them, those two games. And uh, he actually won the Swiss Super exactly. League with them three years running, as well as a Swiss Cup. So you've got a guy that is uh, used to playing a, a certain attacking style. The, the job that he did there led to a move to Bayer Leverkusen, obviously a very, very big club in Germany. That didn't work out. He, he's a 46.43 win uh, percentage there. He got given 56 games 
Um, uh, but he only won 26, uh, lost 20. So, so uh, you know, not a successful period at Leverkusen, and now he's looking for a new job. But if you're looking purely at um, at what he achieved at, at Young Boys, then you have to say it's um, it's pretty impressive. 65.54% uh, win ratio there. Um, notable for playing a 4-4-2, um, which is very unusual. One Bring of the most... Back. So I well, I thought you might say that, Derek. Um, one of the most direct coaches in European football at the time, um, second most long passes per 90 in the Swiss Super League um, in the, the first season when they won the league uh, for the first time under him, and um, someone who utilises fullbacks in quite an interesting way. They'll often push on high and wide, offering support. Rangers have got players that can do that, uh, and his team effectively, uh, certainly in the Swiss League, it went from a 4-4-2 to a kind of 2-4-4, and that's how they wow. overloaded teams. And I think at one point, Derek, I might be wrong on this, either when Rangers played them or certainly around that time, they had got such a gargantuan league. The league was almost basically over by December. I think it was something like 15 points they were clear yeah. um, because they just obliterated the opposition. Now, I've not spent an awful lot of time looking at this uh, this manager, I'm going to leave the pronunciations to you. I'm not even going to try um, because I've not had a chance to actually check the pronunciation. But well, I'm on I'm on his Wikipedia, Johnny. And <laughs> if you go on his Wikipedia, folks, his names it says uh, he's also known as Staunch Jerry. Uh, so it's already it's already been <laughs> so uh, yes, he's already been edited. So uh, it looks like a shoe in for the for the job based based on uh, based on his Wikipedia. But uh, certainly his odds have been slashed anyway. Yeah, he, he, he speaks German, Spanish, English, French, Italian, and Portuguese. So yeah. uh, a man who can, um, I think, deal with multiple different nationalities across his squad. Um, but but listen, yeah, who, who knows? I, you know, Pedro Cascina uh, emerged in Scotland with a very impressive resume of success in Mexico, and it didn't translate. There's nothing yes. to suggest that Swiss football would translate to Scottish football. Um this is something that I think the Rangers board will be will be tasked with, and tell well certainly um, Ross Wilson will be involved in it as well. And boiling down these candidates to look at who's the most likely, who wants it to provide what Rangers need. Because listen, even if we think the league's over, and, I, and I, I'm sorry, but I, I think the league's over. Um, the Scottish Cups there, and the League Cups there. And in many ways, what this is, is this is a carbon copy of what Alex McLeish faced when he came in. He took over from Dick Advocat. McLeish was lucky enough to have a post-Christmas European football to look forward to. And uh, we're very unlucky that Rangers team to go out to PSV. Uh, um, Pierre van Hooydonk inspired PSV, who actually went on to win the tournament, if my memory is correct. Feyenoord uh, it was. Oh, sorry, Feyenoord, you're right. Sorry, yeah. not PSV. 100%. Yeah. Sorry, yes. Um, my memory playing tricks on, on me there. But, but other than that, he came in, and in that first season, he slowly but surely rebuilt the confidence of the players. He took over a, a good squad and just had to kind of refresh them and re-energise them. And Rangers that season stole the Scottish Cup and the League Cup back from uh, Martin O'Neill Celtic and, and played terrifically well in both those games. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that, that, was, that was one where you felt that if... if, if if whoever's coming in now can have a, a similar season to that, you're going into the next term. You're going into the next term really, really looking forward to getting your teeth into Celtic. Um, but but I just honestly think nine points against a team that does not lose against the rest of the league, th that's going to be very, 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 very difficult. I just can't see it. Yeah. Some people in the comments saying that they think that the league can be turned around. Yeah, I, I have my doubts. It's, it's, it's effectively 10 points because the goal difference is, uh, is, is ridiculous. Uh, positive you, you've got to believe that not only will Celtic slip up, which I don't believe they will, but that Rangers won't under yeah. a new manager. They'll go on a, on a similar level of, of instant yeah. success. And I think that's extremely unlikely. Positive Vibe says, I would like to know what Johnny makes of Erling Moe in the King Rex says, Erling Moe, bartender in the Simpsons. No, he's the manager of Molde, I believe, uh, over in uh, Norway. Um, yeah, he's been there for quite some time. 2018, uh, he's been in charge of them uh, since his win percentage. I'm just looking at it now, 65.29. Uh, 
Um, he won the, 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 the Norwegian League uh, this year and he also won the Norwegian Cup. So he's another name that's been uh, that's been linked uh, today. And there'll be loads more folks uh, until another manager is appointed. Um, then it's going to be the, the who's who uh, of the manager merry-go-round that's going to be linked to the job. And let's be honest, it's a, such a prestigious job. There's going to be a lot of managers interested in it. Uh, and it's a big, big appointment for Ross Wilson and, and the Rangers board. They have to get this one right. Um, the last one, I asked, asked Steve this, Johnny, uh, this morning. Um, in hindsight, do you think Giovanni van Bronckers, if you could go back, you'd have appointed him? Um, I, I tend to think that it was, a good, it was a good appointment at the time, uh, and I think I'd have appointed him if I had to go back in time. He gave us Seville, which you can never take away, a heroic... You're not swapping that night at Ibrox, no. Leipzig and Seville no. for, for anything, are you? No. Um, no. Let's be honest. Uh, and you can't go backwards anyway. Yeah. The, the, the thing for me is, um, and I'm going to be try and be upbeat here. You know, I always try and be upbeat and try and be positive, and, and I'm going to do it here, Derek and Josh. I actually think this Ranger squad is not that bad. I actually think there's a lot of quality within it. There's yeah. problems, of course there is. Ryan Kent's contract, I think, if Rangers could get that tied up, that would be huge. Alfredo Morelos, I've already said, I don't believe that he's a, he's, he's earned a new contract. Yeah. I, I don't think um, he should necessarily um, even be considered until he, he shows a, a complete uh, volt facie in terms of his, his attitude, um, his performance uh, in the last game under... under um, Geo was, was was dreadful, wasn't it? Um, so yeah. But if you're talking about quality, right? We know the goalkeeping situation is a little bit delicate, a little bit difficult, and but a little bit imperfect. But Ben Davies, partner in corner, Golson at the back, that's championship winning quality as far as I'm concerned. That's that. The, I have no fears about that whatsoever. I really like the look of Yilmaz. I think between him and Barisic, you've got something on the left. We know what Tavernier's capable of when he's fully fit and, and, and flying on the right. Could possibly do with um, you know, getting a little bit of uh, a little bit of um, more out of um, Divine as the backup for, for Tavernier, given he's not been playing that well. But I'm hoping that with the break that'll re-energize him. I think there's quality in terms of in terms of Cholak. There's quality in terms of Lundstrom. There's quality um, in terms of Fashion Sakala. I know people get frustrated with Fashion Sakala, and I've been someone that's been frustrated with them. But domestically, Fashion Sakala delivers for you. He can be frustrating, but he delivers. I think the midfield's the big big issue that any new manager yeah. has to come in and solve. Yeah, you know we know Ryan Jack is quality. We know great Glenn Kamara is quality, but with Kamara, it's about getting his head right. With Ryan Jack, it's about making sure he's fit. There are question marks over a lot of these players in that central midfield area, and that's going to be the key thing for any new manager to try and sort out. Getting Tom Lawrence back in there will be absolutely huge, Derek. I know you wrote about this earlier on last week, and I yeah. thought your piece was absolutely spot on. He's the one player that Rangers couldn't afford to lose this season and they lost. You know, he was the one that gave you that drive and that yeah. goal threat from midfield that they had. They went out and got him as a replacement to, to give you a little bit of what Joe Aribo departing gave the team. I think I think Tom Lawrence would have produced more in terms of domestic numbers than Joe Aribo. But he goes and gets a major injury and, and there's not much you can do when that happens. It's a really difficult one, really sore one for the the management yeah. team to take, and, and ultimately, it's, I think it's it's proven to be one of many elements that that that, that became fatal for Giovanni van Bronckhorst as the Rangers manager. Yeah. Um, but I think these 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 stuff there to work with. We all said that, barring maybe a midfielder or two, that 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 Rangers squad was looking pretty good going into this season. You, you, you can't account for the amount of injuries that's been uh, suffered. I mean, that it's been unbelievable, uh, and. I think if Rangers can get players back, add a couple and 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 a couple of real good ones in the window, then then they'll be in good shape. Yeah, yeah, I tend to agree. Okay, I think that will do. So just to finish on this origami dinosaur with a nice little comment here. He says, I "Signed up for the website today, tidy site." 
with writing that beats the red tops. Nice work, guys. Uh, good to have you on board, buddy. Uh, yeah, we should say there. We should say about the the one pound deal because that's absolutely incredible. Just remind yeah. people again where we've got. Yeah, it's on. our Black Friday offer that's been launched today. Um, so sort of overshadowed by all the big news that's happening. But what a time to sign up, folks! Uh, just a pound for six months uh, worth of content. Head over to Rangers Review dot co dot uk forward slash subscribe for all the details the link is in the title uh, of this video as well so i do urge you to go and check it out you won't be disappointed so much content on there uh, just from today lots of reaction and fallout from giovanni van bronckhorst's uh, dismissal uh, earlier on this morning uh, a lot of analysis pieces of where it all went wrong uh, for him at Ibrox. So do go check it out. Uh, we'll be back again tomorrow morning uh, to talk all things Rangers again. As I mentioned, it may be the World Cup break, but um, uh, certainly Rangers. the Rangers news does not stop. So we'll be back again tomorrow uh, to talk all things Rangers. But until then, enjoy the rest of your Monday evening.